Here's to the great American settlers. The millions of you who settled for unsatisfying jobs because they pay the bills. Of course, there is something else you could do if you got something to say. Start a podcast with Spreaker from iHeart and unleash your creative freedom. Maybe even earn enough money to one day tell your old boss, Hey, I'm no settler. I'm an explorer. Spreaker.com. S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. Hustle on over today. Bet MGM is pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences. Register using code CHAMPION200 and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 money line wager on any Major League Baseball game and either team hits a home run, regardless of your bet's outcome. Enjoy baseball like never before with Bet MGM's daily promotions at your fingertips all season long. Download the app or go to betmgm.com and use code CHAMPION200 to win $200 when you bet $10 on an MLB. MLB game and either team hits a home run. Sign up today and find out why nothing beats a win at the King of Sportsbooks. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500. Raiders of the Lost Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped.com. April is National Testicular Cancer Awareness Month. We've partnered with Manscaped to help spread the word. Visit Manscaped.com slash TCS to learn more about simple self-checks for cancer prevention. And don't forget to get 20% off your entire order from Manscaped.com with our coupon code Raiders of the Lost. And you can also make a donation to Testicular Cancer Society at checkout. Welcome to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, one of the fastest growing movie podcasts in the world, where we discuss all things film. In this episode, we do a tribute to Bruce Willis. Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to the show. Anthony here. And James here, and we are going to be talking about the career of Bruce Willis, who recently stepped down from film and acting because he is currently suffering from aphasia. And aphasia is a language disorder caused by damage in a specific area of the brain that controls language expression and comprehension. Aphasia leaves a person unable to communicate effectively with others. So unfortunately, he can no longer resume his career. And we are going to basically just pay tribute to his huge success in Hollywood and all the incredible films he's made. Yeah, it's a sad ending to his uh, career in it, it was uh, brought on by a stroke, and the thing with strokes is uh, sometimes um, people can be having mini strokes before they even have a, a large one. So um, he, this could have been affecting him earlier before this major one happened. So um, I hope he and his family are, are dealing well, doing well with the diagnosis, and and um, I hope I, I hope he can live a peaceful life. You know, Bruce has been a huge part of Hollywood for the last three decades. It explains where he's been the last several years even before COVID he was kind of like off the map for a while in Hollywood not making that many movies so everyone's like wondering what happened to him where he's been the last several couple years and this explains it and like Anthony said it's unfortunate to sad into a huge career but you know he's made some of the best movies ever and he's I an icon yeah he's an icon of the 80s 90s 2000s yeah. he's been killing it for almost 40 years he's making movies we grew up with him as like being one of the ideal uh, movie stars action heroes just uh, one of the coolest guys alive. Like when we were little kids, uh, up until to this day, 
Uh, we've always loved Bruce Willis and all of his films, and he has an extremely impressive career. Um, even though the last several years he's been doing like straight VOD action movies, um, but if you take his if you take his filmography, it's really respectable. He he has been in a ton of really excellent films. Worked with some of the best directors ever, and I mean, this guy—he just did so much with his career. Um, it's it's hard to believe that it's over, but he gave us lasting memories on the screen. Absolutely, especially in the—not even counting the '80s when Die Hard came up, but in the '90s to early 2000s, he decimated the film industry. He was one of the top dogs out there, and Bruce Willis's movies have generated about five billion dollars at the worldwide box office. That makes him one of the highest-grossing actors of all time, and. Obviously Obviously, this allowed him to start commanding huge salaries, and he was like the, one of the the starts of like the massive salaries in Hollywood. You know, when he got five million for Die Hard, which was unheard of, especially for him coming from TV to being in this leading role that Stallone and Schwarzenegger turned down. Bruce got it for five million dollars, and even like Tom Cruise and Michael J. Fox, they're making like three million per movie. And so, like, just because of Bruce Willis getting that, he changed Hollywood in respect to, to salaries for actors and actresses. And he was probably the first actor to start commanding him and Arnold to command twenty mil per movie for for a period of time. Like they were doing it in the '90s and late '90s. And so, uh, obviously, um, other actors followed suit with these hefty paychecks. But he was one of the first ones to ever be able to make that much upfront not including box office and not including uh, DVD sales, but straight up salary, 20 mil. Yeah, so Bruce got paid $14 million for The Last Boy Scout, which was a bomb in 1991, $15 million for Die Hard with a Vengeance in 1995, $16.5 million for 1996's Last Man Standing, and $14.8 million for 1998's Armageddon. Then he was making more uh, more money in the 2000s. Yeah, exactly. And he, that was his quote, um, around $20 million. Before we continue, the best way to support Raiders of the Lost podcast, besides using our coupon codes, is to become a patron at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost podcast, where you get awesome perks like personalized videos, Patreon shoutouts on the show, weekly bonus episodes, as well as we're doing watch parties now on our Discord and daily discussions. And we have a little film community on Discord and $10 and $25 tier patrons have access to the Discord. And Godfather tier pages at the $25 range, they also get to have their own personalized episode that they choose themselves. We just launched our podcast masterclass online course last year. So for anyone who wants to start a podcast or improve their current podcast, our 22 chapter 46 video lesson courses give you all the secrets behind the scenes of our show. The link is podcastmasterclass.teachable.com or go to our website, RaidersOfTheLostPodcast.com. It's right there on the homepage. You can see all of our merch, sources of content, movie posters. Follow, subscribe, wherever you're listening. Be sure to tune in on YouTube if you want to see our faces. Hit the notification bells, and thanks so much for tuning in. Now let's get back to Bruce Willis, and I want to start off with a little background on him, if that's cool with you. Sounds great. Now Bruce Willis was actually born in Germany in 1955 his father was a u.s soldier stationed there and that's where his father met his wife a german woman and they gave birth to bruce and when bruce was two years old the family moved to new jersey and so when bruce was young he had a debilitating stutter and it really affected him emotionally and he he had trouble interacting with people but then he joined his school's drama club and the stutter disappeared as soon as he went on stage for the first time so that's how he got rid of his stutter he found his calling in life so then uh, Bruce uh, dropped out of college as a youth and 
then moved to New York City to begin acting and acted on the stage as well as getting some small screen roles, background actor roles like in the first Deadly Sin in 1980, The Verdict in 1982, and he had a role in a, a TV episode of Miami Vice in 1984. And then Bruce moved to Los Angeles. He landed a role in a TV series called Moonlighting, co-starring with Sybil Shepard, who was in Taxi Driver. This ran from 1985 to 1989, and the show was a hit, and it made Bruce Willis a household name across America. However, there were a lot of conflicts on set, and then he decided he wanted to get back into film, too, while he was doing the show, and he got his first lead role in 1987 in Blind Date, which was a comedy, and then his career just absolutely exploded in 1988 when he was cast in Die Hard. He was so successful and such a big star that Moonlight was just then canceled after five seasons, and he was just too big of a star for the show, basically. You know, like we said, 20th Century Fox agreed to pay Willis an astronomical sum of $5 million at the time. Like I said, even, like, Tom Cruise was only making $3 million at the time, so that was a huge success for him. And then Bruce's success became a problem on sets. You know, he was very successful, very powerful with studios, meaning he got to get a lot of say with what the characters would do and say in the scripts. He ended up changing a lot of the screenplays and scripts of upcoming films he made, like Hudson Hawk and The Last Boy Scout, which all resulted in bombs. Striking Distance also ended up being so bad that the studio had to rewrite and reshoot the entire movie again. And then Bruce's reputation was starting to go a little downhill in the in the late 80s, early, in the early 90s, you know. He, was, he needed a resurgence, which he got in the mid-90s. So Bruce absolutely decimated the 90s. So let's listen, listen to the 1990s. Let's hear it. 1994, Pulp Fiction. Die Hard with a Vengeance in 1995, as well as 12 Monkeys. 1997, he came out with The Fifth Element and The Jackal. 1998, he came out with Mercury Rising and Armageddon. In 1999, he came out with The Sixth Sense. And also in 2000, The Whole Nine Yards. Then The Kid in 2000, Unbreakable in 2000, Hearts War. We got Tears of the Sun 2003, Whole Ten Yards 2004, Oceans 12, Hostage, Sin City, Alpha Dog, Lucky Number 7, Slevin, 16 Blocks. And then just it's just absurd. I mean, another Die Hard movie. And then he's working with Wes Anderson and Moonrise Kingdom. And so Looper. Looper in 2010, right? Or 2012. 12. So he was just still killing it until about five, six years ago when he had to take a, a slower path on his career. But yeah. like I said, he just huge resurgence. Yeah, just and he also um he he founded uh, Planet Hollywood, that famous restaurant in that he founded with Arnold Schwarzenegger and a couple other movie stars. Really, he's like, yeah. oh, M. Demi Moore, Arnold, and someone else. So there's four people, like four huge celebrities who who created Planet Hollywood. It's probably Stallone. Yeah, I think it was Stallone. Yeah. yeah, I think it was Stallone, Arnold, Demi Moore, and Bruce Willis. And it was a big deal for a bit, but then it the whole restaurant chain fell apart. But it was like he was top of the top, like the biggest star alive, and we loved him. He like this was before superheroes were a popular thing like if they were superhero movies but they were like few and far between and our superheroes were movie stars Arnold Schwarzenegger was our superhero Bruce Willis was a superhero like these were the guys and and people that we looked up to as like the heroic figures of our day and now we have actual we have a hundred comic book heroes to look up to in movies nowadays but before that it was actors like Bruce Willis. But you could argue that, you know, Bruce did end up, you know, falling out of love with movies and the passion he once had. You know, he had made a lot of bombs, like in 2010, making Cop Out, uh, the Kevin Smith film that he just didn't take seriously at all, and that was a bomb. And 
the Red movies are what they are. You know, they're they're a fun time. They're pretty Red's successful. Good. Red, they're, I they're like Red. Good. Yeah. Red too. But I mean, he's also even before that, before Looper, and then in the in before Moonrise Kingdom, he was doing direct to VOD before streaming was a thing for like two, the yeah. last two decades. Back when, like, if you had a VOD release, it was like a like that's embarrassing. The guy's filmography yeah. is insane. He puts out like four movies a year, and like it's like one good one, and then three movies <laughs> you never heard of before. He's got to pay the bills, you know. But and, and then the last several years, he's had this stipulation where he has he gets paid a million dollars per day and that's his minimum and so all these little action movies that he's been in recently they they have to schedule all of his scenes within a matter of a few days in order to afford him for the movies yeah he got that because when he was cast in expendables and they wanted him back for the sequel uh stallone wrote his character in for that movie and he wanted he only needed him for three days film four days filming and he offered bruce three million and bruce is like i want four million i get paid a million a day and stallone's like i'm you're out of the movie i'll just <laughs> Sorry, erase, bro. erase you off the script Let's try to help you out <laughs> so i mean bruce as much as we love him he has a history of being you know a testy person to work with a, a demanding person to work with uh and so there is that blemish on his career and, you know, we don't know what behind the scenes was like on all these sets, but there are plenty of stories of bad sets. There's the movie that even was ruined and shelved because he ruined it, um, which I can't remember what it was called, but it was but he the played, hockey movie. The, right? He played a hockey, a hockey player in a romantic comedy, and he was so difficult to work with, with the studio and the director that um, they shut down production and canceled it. And then that's and then they signed him in to a deal to make the kid. And Sixth Sense, Sense. And Broadway that, ball, Brawler, Broadway Brawler. Thank you. So that's why he made the Sixth Sense. It was part of this deal to to make face with the studio, so they didn't sue him. And unbeknownst to him, the Sixth Sense would be the most successful gig in payday yeah. of his entire life, where he got fourteen million dollars for a base salary, but he also got seventeen point five percent of the film's profits, made about one hundred twenty million dollars ish. Uh, just from the sixth sense, just from him, just oh just God. for that. And he's only the second actor ever to pull a hundred million dollars from a movie. Do you know who the other actor is who's done it twice? Who's done it twice? I would say Tom Cruise. Yes, for sir. Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible Two, and I can't remember what five. The other one Ghost was. Protocol. Ghost Protocol. Yeah, because after the after Ghost Protocol, he made a ton. He raked in a ton, and the studio like barely profited. And so they were like, "Yeah, we gotta start renegotiating these contracts, Tom, because we're not making that much money to <laughs> keep making these movies." <laughs> They're like, "We made fifty mil. You, you made you made more than us. <laughs> Our profit wasn't that high." <laughs> so he, I think that's the only two actors in history to pull a hundred million dollars on a movie. Is that's them? crazy? I I think maybe a couple Marvel actors might pull it off now. I don't. Maybe Downey, Downey pulled it might. off. I know he pulled eighty on like Avengers. Maybe not a hundred. On, the, on I think Endgame he made yeah. eighty. Yeah, you know what? They would have made a lot more if DVDs were still being sold. I mean, with all of the movies, with the Marvel movies down, he's been and he's probably pulled five hundred mil yeah, close at, to that. He's got to be around several hundred million after yeah, all sure. the gross he's been making and all, all just so much gross everything. But he's then been he spent it all that. on Doctor Doolittle and lost it. <laughs> <laughs> Two hundred million dollar failure. Did he invest that all himself? He not all himself, but he got his production. He company co-produced made it. it and he co-funded it with the studio that because him and his it. wife, their production company, yeah. made that. They put they put at least hundred million dollars of their own money into Oof. that movie and it, it ended up losing a o- lot over 200 million it bombed but anyways back to bruce i have i think we want to we survivor 46 is here and so is on fire the only official survivor podcast and we have a twist this season the winner of survivor 45 d Vyadaris, will be joining us every week we're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments the how and the why things happen and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me a survivor winner Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. 
Get in, loser. Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. For this episode, we have a few fun things planned. So the first thing we want to do is our list of the top 10 Bruce Willis movies. So do you want to go first with your list of the top of your top 10? Yeah, sure, man. All right, let's hear your and top this, 10. This is a tough list to make because he's it's got, ranked from best to worst. Yeah, best to worst. He's yeah. got 15 movies easy that yeah. I could have put in here. Oh, yeah. Had to make some tough cuts, I think. Kill those darlings, man. I didn't specifically pick his best movies in the full 10 your movies, favorites. but my favorites. Yeah. So number, I, want to, I want to hear how you feel about them. Number one. Pulp Fiction. Nice. It's the best movie on this list. One of the best movies ever made. Mm-hmm. His character, Butch, is awesome. You know, it's Tarantino. I think it still is always going to be Tarantino's best movie, probably. Um, and he's just great. And, you know, this led to his resurgence in the 1990s and 1994 when it came out. And it's just, you know, we, we've never done a solo episode on it, which is crazy. We're saving it. We're saving we've done it. our Tarantino spotlight. We dabbled in it here and there. But we got to talk about it solo. Oh, yeah. Number two, I have... Die Hard. Nice. Again, this came out in 1988. We did an episode on it for Christmas time, right? Yippee ki yay! Yippee ki yay! Mother effort, and I love Die Hard. I've seen it so many times. Our brothers, we watched this with them so many times when we were kids. Yeah, you know, we probably shouldn't have been three years old watching John. It McClane. could be our most watched movie it's if you factor there. in us being kids for watching our entire it. lives, and then being adults and watching. I've, it. I've watched it like every Christmas, yeah. like religiously. So could it's, be it's all time. Number three, I'm gonna throw you off with this one. Ocean's Twelve. <laughs> Ocean's I 12. knew Oceans would be on there. I love the Oceans movies. Anthony knows that I've watched these way too many times. Like, the amount of times he's come home and been like, oh, I watched another Oceans movie? Ah, oh, cool. He just puts it on for the background, and I'm like, it's oh. great. All three were on Netflix for like two years. It was a great two years. It was a good time. Office and Oceans. That was your Dude, life. my guys. And uh, he's got he plays himself in Oceans 12. It's really fun. It's a great cameo. And it's an excellent yeah. cameo. And yeah. then Julia Roberts plays her character Tess is playing Julia Roberts, but not really Julia Roberts. The then, SpongeBob blanket. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah the SpongeBob. Yeah, yeah. So I think Bruce is really good in it. He's only in a couple of scenes, but he really adds a little extra zing to this cast in this movie, which maybe it was getting a little stale at some point because, you know, it's the same kind of thing again, but yeah. I think he just spruced it back Also up. very surprising for audiences. For they real. didn't know he was going to be in it. Playing himself. Mm-hmm. Number four, I have Looper. Nice. This is an original sci-fi film written and directed by Ryan Johnson. It is <laughs> mocking the way I'm talking. <laughs> Came out in 2012. I like this movie a lot. I got it on Blu-ray as soon as I saw it. I loved it. Bruce Willis. You got it on Blu-ray? <laughs> Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Did he smoke a bomb before? That's just silly. So goofy today. Uh, Looper, we'll talk about it in a little bit. It's a sci-fi time travel film. I love time travel. I think it's a great original screenplay and idea from Ryan Johnson. And this is obviously what led to him getting the Star Wars gig of directing the second film in the new trilogy. And Bruce, this is probably the best movie he's made in like the last 15 years, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, Easily since 2010, yeah. for sure. Number five, I have The Fifth Element. 
Gobendales. Gobendales. He plays Corbin Dallas in this awesome, another great original sci-fi film. Yeah. You know, when original sci-fi films hit, man, I love them so much. It's my favorite genre, probably. And this one is just so far out, such a unique original idea and take. And Bruce, is, he knocks it out of the park, as Anthony would say. He does a great job as Corbin Dallas on this mission. And it's an iconic movie. We got to cover it someday because I think everyone really likes him. I don't know anyone who doesn't like The Fifth Element. Number six, we got Unbreakable here. Nice. From M. Night Shyamalan. Nice. And he plays a superhero in this movie. And I like the grounded take on, like, what would a real, like, superhuman be like? if Because the world's a spectrum. That's the entire, like, one of the main themes of the film. Humanity is a spectrum. The world's a spectrum. There are people on opposite ends of that spectrum. What happens when the person on this end of the spectrum meets the person on this end of the spectrum? Mr. Glass and then uh, Duncan, if David someone, Dunn. If there's someone as weak that their bones are so brittle they break like glass, there needs to be someone who's so strong that their bones never break. Yeah, and they're just yeah. more strong than human yeah. beings. You know, David Dunn, the character in the movie, is really interesting. You know, he's very humble because he, he hides his powers. He doesn't follow them until he's convinced by his son to, like, use them for good. He doesn't even know. He isn't even aware of them, really. He kind of knows. He kind of knows. You know, I think the car he crash. feelings. The car crash was the scene for him, a moment, I think, in his life where he's That's like. That's true. That's true. Like, I just ripped a car door off with but my hands. But then I think hands. he forgot. I don't think he forgot. He chose love. Yeah. He chose love instead. You're right. You're right. It's a really great it's movie. A good, it's like a good movie. It's very It might be M. Night's best movie. It could, it's possible. Number seven, I got Sin City. Now, this movie... I don't, you could say it's probably not the best in terms of like being a top 10 in his filmography, but I really like Sin City. It was such a fresh take in the superhero genre, just in in just a, a noir film, comic book movie genre in general. Like, you know, people have tried to copy it, but I think Sin City was just kind of like a diamond in the rough. It, it was really good. Very cool. Re- well received yeah. by audiences. Yeah, beyond cool, and his yeah. character is awesome. There. Number eight, I have The Sixth Sense, which is just an excellent film. This movie, you know, took the world by storm. We did a solo episode on it a couple months ago. M. Night Shyamalan is, like Anthony says, high concept, very good director. This is a crazy cool idea. Everyone was talking about this. Word of mouth was crazy. Everyone rented it at Blockbuster. Almost $700 million. It's just, which is insane. Yeah. So For rated R. And he's the lead, and he, he, pulls, he, he pulls it off, man. It's all because of him, as well as the great idea. And Haley Joel Osment, of course. Yeah, trailer. Yeah, the trailer, trailer was great, was too. Sick. And Tony Collette. Anyways. Yeah. Um, number nine, I have Moonrise Kingdom. There's no nice. way I'm not putting Wes Anderson's film that he's in no on way, here. Man. No and way, he, he plays the sheriff of that small island town when everyone, the kids are on the run. He suits the humor well. Yeah, he, yeah. he actually played, played it off well. Yeah. You know, Bruce can do pretty much everything in his career he's done. He's dabbled in it. You know, he, got, he was in comedy a lot in his early career. Like, mm-hmm. as we said, the first movie he ever led was a comedy mm-hmm. called Blind Date. And so Moonlight was a comedy. He, yeah. he does a good job with the sarcastic humor, but this was different. This was like a new kind of dry humor he'd never really done before because it's Wes Anderson. Mm-hmm. And I think he just did a great job in the role. 100%. Number 10, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Simon says that this is going to make the top 10 list. This is a great action thriller. It's awesome. I love, like... Like treasure hunt movies, and this is a bombing treasure hunt, and we're we're all over New York City trying to find the bombs, and he's paired up with Samuel L. Jackson the whole time. You know, they're reunited after Pulp Fiction, even though they don't have any scenes together in Pulp Fiction. No, they don't. But still, they were on tour and press together, you know, doing everything. They're still buds, and they're all staying at the same place. Probably, it's a very underrated movie. You know, it's it's a great action movie. It's better than Die Hard Two, obviously, and all the other Die Hards, but it's up there, pretty close to Die Hard One. And that's my top 10 favorite Bruce Willis movies. Great top 10 list. Thanks, man. So ours are pretty similar, but pretty different. I'm sure you did not put Ocean's 12 in it. 
Unfortunately, I did not. Oh, you should have said maybe. Build the suspense. <laughs> no, yeah, I can't lie. <laughs> yeah, you're a bad liar. All right, so my top 10 Bruce movies are number one, Pulp Fiction. Obviously, it's it's his best movie. Number two, Die Hard. I think it's his best. It's the best Bruce Willis movie because Pulp Fiction is more than just a Bruce Willis movie. Mm-hmm. Number three, I have The Sixth Sense. I think it's a flat out an amazing film. We watched it recently. And I was like, you know what? This movie is awesome. I I forgot how good it was. Amazing script. And Bruce Willis's best performance, probably. Um, very strong film. Great horror film. Iconic. I think you have to put it in the top five. I have it number three. And I think it, it really is sensational. It's probably the second best script in his entire filmography. Yeah, after, like Pulp, after, Fiction. after Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Next up, might be might surprise you. Ocean's 12. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to happen. Just keep dreaming, man. <laughs> I have Die Hard with a Vengeance. Die Hard 3. Wow, number four. Number four. I love this movie. I think it's a perfect action movie. It, it It's it's actually, it wasn't originally a Die Hard script. It wasn't a John McClane script. It was a script that the studio had bought, but they didn't know what to do with it. It was called Simon Says, hence the name of uh, Jeremy Irons' character, Simon. And so, not uh, unsure of what to do with Die Hard 3, they were like, we have this great script. What if we just named this character John McClane instead of whatever his name was. And so they made it a diehard movie. And it works so well. Uh, Bruce and Sam together is just so dynamic. Jeremy Irons is a great villain, very underrated. I think the, I think the screenplay is awesome. And it's so surprising. It's full of some twists. And it's a lot of fun. It's funny. And the action is terrific. You know, that, that giant car chase, the, the, the vault with all the gold. And it's, it's a flat out just a perfect action film. I think it's really underrated. And I think it's nearly as good as Die Hard, the first film. That's it's a great, almost there. great way to put it all. Yeah, I forgot about the diamond. Th- I mean, the gold thing. Yeah, the gold bar. It's bars. sick. Yeah. It's got everything you need. It's, it's awesome, man. You're going to watch it again. I've seen it. I saw it like a few years ago for yeah. like the, watch it, for watch the it, fifth time. Watch it sometime soon. It's great. Yeah. Next up. I still love Ocean's 12, though. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, I have Looper at number five. Uh, Ryan Johnson uh, made a great original sci-fi film, uh, and he... It's great seeing Bruce and Joseph Gordon-Levitt sharing scenes together, playing the same character. It's a very intriguing concept. It's actually been copied a few times before, but not as well as this. And it's Bruce had kind of fallen out of uh, his the luster the luster of his career, and then with Looper, it was like, oh, Bruce is back with a great film. It was his first great one in a while, and then we remember, oh, this is who Bruce Willis is. Like he's a f- awesome action movie star so many f-bombs today we well we love bruce <laughs> and next up at number six i have moonrise kingdom a really great wes anderson film he's perfectly suited to the cast and the tone of humor eclectic set of actors uh really dynamic filmmaking and creative creatively uh production cinematography all around amazing cast him and francis sharing scenes together is just worth the price of admission right there next up i have the fifth element Luc Besson's great sci-fi film. Uh, so original, so funny. Uh, we watched this a lot when we were young. Multi-pass. Multi-pass, and it never got old. It was so visually stimulating, even for kids, and we were always interested in it. And like We we loved this movie from start to finish. I love the world that Besson designed. Um, practical, practical effects, like crazy. Yeah, and uh, Mia Jovovich, in one of her earliest roles, just really stood out as an actor. And then, you know, just Bruce in his, in his green, like, tank and his blonde hair, just, like, busting heads again. And then you have Gary Oldman. Of course. You gotta, have, you gotta have this on. And Chris Tucker. Come in, Dallas! <laughs> 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 All 
<laughs> Next up, I have 12 monkeys. I almost put it on my list, yeah. Yeah, you got to put it on, I think. Terry Gilliam is a great, great British director, and this is one of his best movies. He uh, also co-starred with Brad Pitt. Brad got nominated for an Oscar, but uh, Bruce, could you could see him get it nominated for this for sure. He does a great job in the lead role. Um, goes a little mad in the role. Great action. Um, great dark humor. Especially Brad when he ends up becoming like the villain of the movie. It's really silly. But all around a great sci-fi, dark comedy, just bananas, Terry Gilliam doing his thing. And then at number nine, I have Sin City, which at the time was so original, so cool, so unique. Never seen anything like it before. And then Bruce's character was awesome. I think he might be my favorite. Him and Mickey Rourke were great in the film. And what Robert Rodriguez and Frank Miller did was just really sensational and groundbreaking at the time. You got to throw it in there. And then my number 10 is... oh No, it's not Ocean. <laughs> <laughs> Unbreakable, the other Shyamalan collaboration. Uh, it's a great superhero film. Before, we were inundated with oversaturation of superheroes. Original hero, you never heard of before. It was just an original creation. I really love the concept, and I like the minimalist approach to the character. It's a character piece more than it is a superhero film, you know? Um, and it's taken from a very emotional and character-driven approach, which I think works better than most uh, superhero movies. I think it's extremely underrated. Nice list, So man. that's my top ten. I like it. Hey, sis, are you video calling me from the new home sense? Reporting from Rockville, there are some serious deals here. Where are we supposed to go together? Oh, so competitive. Speaking of competitive, look at the price on this sleeper sofa. That alabaster lamp for less? I want. I bet you do. Wait, go back. Show me that hand-woven rug from Turkey. A total upgrade. Ooh, are you seeing this standing mirror? I see a sister who's going to buy that for me. Hello? Now open in Rockville. Home sense. Standout pieces. Outstanding prices. Bet MGM is pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences. Register using code CHAMPION200 and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 money line wager on any Major League Baseball game and either team hits a home run, regardless of your bet's outcome. Enjoy baseball like never before with Bet MGM's daily promotions at your fingertips all season long. Download the app or go to betmgm.com and use code CHAMPION200 to win $200 when you bet $10 on an MLB game and either team hits a home run. Sign up today and find out why nothing beats a win at the King of Sportsbooks. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500. All right, what do you want to do next? What are your top three Bruce Willis characters? This is pretty easy. Number one, John McClane. Yippee ki yay. Easy oh, yeah. pick. Yeah. Cowboy. I was more of a Roy Rogers fan <laughs> myself. Another American a good cowboy. cowboy. Watch too many watch cowboy many movies. Westerns. Think you're too John, John Wayne. Um, John McClane's iconic. It's really what made everyone fall in love with Bruce Willis, that East Coast, like blue collar. Shit talking, tough guy, Smooth. smoking cigarettes, wearing wearing. He ripped so many butts in that so movie. Many, everyone's ripping butts yeah. in that movie. So and, much, you know. It's it's the reason why he's so famous, and it's the reason why he's a movie star is John McClane creating mm-hmm. that character. You know that that is it. Number two, I have Butch from Pulp Fiction. Love this character too. We've all seen Pulp Fiction, so I don't want to. I don't mind spoiling it for you, but you know he has a great character arc where you know he's not introduced for a little bit into the movie. 
And then, I mean, he takes out a main character on his own, which is pretty crazy. He gets into the wildest situation with Marcellus. It's it's an awesome role, an incredible character, and was his resurgence. They keep underestimating you. <laughs> <laughs> My father's watch on the kangaroo. Next up, I have David Dunn, who is the main character in Unbreakable, and also he's in Split, and so he's that universe. But I, I just love the concept of a superhero, super, but a grounded superhero, what it would kind of look like in the real world on the spectrum of humanity, on the spectrum of strength, durability, mm-hmm. speed, um, longevity, all those attributes that go to math, <laughs> math skills. <laughs> <laughs> laundry folding. There's a spectrum. Yeah, there's a spectrum of laundry folding. I suck at it. <laughs> all right, here are my top three. So John McClane, you have to put it number one. It's the iconic character of his of his career. And then I also put Butch at number two. I, he's, I mean, it's, it's, an, it's a movie filled with some of the most memorable characters of all time, every one of them. And Butch is still a standout, I think. He's still one of the best characters in that movie. He might be the most likable. Like he's after extremely Jules. likable. Actually, I think Vincent might be the most likable. Actually, I don't know. Butch is pretty likable. I mean, cause, and he does, he actually does something righteous in his story. True. Which no one else does. And so... <clears throat> my number three pick Jules, is actually Jules lets them go. That's yeah, righteous. That's, yeah, yeah, that's true. I was about to say, yeah. Come on, man. It's his whole righteous speech. Ezekiel, the bro. Theme. <laughs> and then my number three character is Joe in Looper. I think it's a fascinating character study of a man who, you know, face he has to go to he has to go up against his younger self, and his younger self is immature, uh, arrogant, testy, like an idiot, uh, uh, overzealous. And doesn't really know what he's doing. And he's like, I know how dumb I was and I have to deal with you. Like, you are you should be listening to me. I'm the older version of you. Listen to me. I know what I'm talking about. Still the younger version. Go to China. Go to China. Still the younger version. So arrogant, he won't even listen to himself uh, after 30 years later of living life. And But I think it's a great, great character piece of both versions of Joe. I think it's just Ryan Johnson made such a great original sci-fi film but it's ironic you could say that younger joe grows more than older joe emotionally because he ends up sacrificing himself which ends up means that older joe doesn't exist at the end of the film you know what i mean so he he does something very righteous there yeah as well it's it's a great movie the sacrifice the sacrifice (laughs) (laughs) good good job all right next up what is your favorite bruce willis moment ever this is tough to choose. I mean, there's so many great moments, even in his movies that I didn't even put in the top 10, like Armageddon, the like saving the entire planet. That's iconic. Yeah, sacrificing himself. That's legendary. Yeah. He yeah. sacrificed himself in multiple films. Um, Sixth Sense, when you, like, you know the twist at the end of it, that's a crazy big moment. Die Hard, so many great moments. But I felt like I had to go to Pulp Fiction, and it was really between two. So I ended up going with, Butch saving Marcellus Wallace in the basement. You didn't go with Hans. <laughs> Grinch. Great. I thought that would be obvious for you. <laughs> no, Butch saving Marcellus Wallace. It's a so, great. It's a great character moment. Yeah, I said the same thing. No way. Yeah, I have uh, him saving Marcellus Wallace with the samurai sword. Fucking annoying twin thing. It's an amazing scene. It really is because he doesn't have to save Marcellus. He escapes, 
And he's like, I can get Scott, get out scot free. And he was gonna kill Butch. Yeah. So I was like, why should and Marcellus he save him? is trying to kill him? Like he's trying, like he's running from Marcellus. And there's no guarantee that Marcellus yeah. will have, let him off the hook or, yeah. or forget about the vendetta. But still, he decides, you know what? I'm gonna go down there and save this guy. Like even though he's my enemy, I can't let the, a person suffer like this. Like he's gonna go through hell. And then I love. He's walking through the store trying to select which weapon to do. He he picks out like baseball bat and then uh, something else. And then he pulls out the samurai sword and you're like, oh man, let's go. It's a little uh, saw, right? A little chainsaw? Something like that. I don't know. I can't remember. It's baseball bat, little chainsaw, and then And then the sword. sword. There's three is items. There, he... Is there a hatchet? No. No. That's no, another movie. No. And I think that's uh, Breaking Bad. They yeah. did. But what's cool is Tarantino is such a great director at that point because he, can, he shoots it differently where the first two items he picks up, it's just the static shot. Um, wide, and then when he looks up at the samurai sword, first we see a close up of of Butch looking up like, "Oh, there's something different there." And then he picks up the sword. So we are he, he Tarantino is visually telling us this is special. You don't even see it until he unsheaths yeah, exactly. it. Exactly. You're like, "Oh," and then he reveals it. You're like, "Oh," and the saxophone going this, down the stairs. It's yeah. it's an yeah, iconic scene, but it's just such a great moment for the character who's on the run from this guy. Doesn't have to save him. Does the right thing though. Kills everybody there except kills for- the gimp. <laughs> First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Well, he just knocks the gimp yeah, out. Knocks the gimp out. Isn't that right? That that hook. The, he's got the crazy eyes. He does the stab from behind. He's like, oh! it's like a kung fu movie. Yeah, yeah. You want it, don't you? Say? Yeah. And then he's like, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Where'd you get that motorcycle? It's not a motorcycle, baby. It's a chopper. Where'd you get the chopper? I'm Zed. Who's Zed? Zed's, Zed's dead, dead, baby. Zed's, Zed's dead. dead. <laughs> 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 Might be one of the best scenes in the whole movie. It's amazing, man. We gotta talk about Pulp Fiction yeah. soon. We gotta save it. We're saving it, saving that bacon. We can't, you, we can't talk about Pulp Fiction too early. True. We've already talked about several Tarantino movies, and we did a Tarantino episode. So we gotta save it. We will run out. Someday. We can't. We can't run out of Tarantino. Okay. We gotta. We we got this. That's so funny. We picked the same moment. I think course. it's amazing. It's, it's like we all the time. We'll go to the, a restaurant. We'll order the same thing, <laughs> and like the waitress will be like, "All right, what do you want? Uh, bacon cheeseburger, avocado, or a sweet potato fries." And me, uh, I'll have the same. <laughs> well, you're, you're 32. You Would guys... you like it cooked differently? No, no medium, medium rare. rare. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what you got next for Brain Busters? <laughs> what is your Desert Island movie On for this list? Bruce Willis? Tough choice again. But really, it's between two. It's between it really is between Pulp two. Fiction and Die Hard. And I'm... Oh, not Ocean's 12? <laughs> <laughs> Stop there, stop there. Um, it's got to be Pulp Fiction. I mean, I love Die Hard so much, but Pulp Fiction is just 
one of my yeah. all-time favorite movies. I agree. It's got to be top pulp, five. I gotta, all time. It's got to be Pulp Fiction. It's too incredible to pass up yeah. on. If you have to watch one forever, it's got to be. You got to go with Pulp Fiction. There's so much in it. The it's music so is great too. Just for the music, really. Yeah, I don't know for the for the well, stories. Every, everything else. The I'm just saying, the music's so good. Uh, there's, there's more to the movie than the music. Was that ex- was that an impression of me? No. What, no. What was that? Uh, <laughs> do I sound like a troll? Am I drooling right now? Whoa, all you do is mock me. I say what? I didn't even say a word. You're like, what? You, did you just Did you just make fun of me? Sorry, I'm, so, I'm very insecure. Did you just mock me? I'm insecure. <laughs> I did mock you. All right. Oh, my name's James. <laughs> Everyone does that I voice. just make you sound like Patrick Star. <laughs> Patrick Star, bro, at the gym. In a tank, yeah. Uh, like movies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before we move on to the next parts, how about we head to an intermission? Absolutely. All right, let's do That's that. That's what I was going to say. Can you, like, finish my sandwiches? I would. Yes. I love sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> do you ever stop eating? <laughs> I ate someone's quesadilla the other day. <laughs> I'm not surprised. They gave me, they didn't want to finish it, and I happily ate huh. a large portion how, of it. How, I'm curious. After I had how many? How many times did you make eyes with that quesadilla i was only looking at the quesadilla <laughs> only looking at it <laughs> in your head you're like i hope if they're not gonna eat that i gotta make sure i somehow say hey if you're not gonna eat that i'll have the rest i just of it. waited for the right moment i know you were waiting <laughs> I, I i'm sure i could imagine you just but i was very slow i was like oh are you, what are you gonna do with the rest of that quesadilla <laughs> but in reality it's all you can think because about they're like they, they were like oh i'm so full and i was like oh so what are you gonna do with that that half a quesadilla <laughs> And all that sour cream. Oh, there's a quesadilla here. I didn't even Kick notice. I didn't even notice that thing. <laughs> I guess. I mean, if no one's going to eat it. Very subtle. <laughs> Raiders of Lost Podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Manscaped.com, the leaders in men's grooming. Use our coupon code Raiders of the Lost at checkout to get 20% off your entire order as well as free shipping worldwide. Not only do they have the amazing Lawnmower 4.0 groomer, which we've been talking about for about a year and a half now, so... If you don't have one yet, I mean, I don't know what you're doing with your life. But they also just launched their Ultra Premium Collection, which is going to make shower time the best part of your day. This wet goods bundle includes deodorant. Yes, actual armpit deodorant from Manscaped. Body wash. Two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. You know guys love two-in-one stuff. Two-in-one mouthwash. Two-in-one shampoo <laughs> conditioner. Two-in-one what lotion. What about a conditioner mouthwash? <laughs> <laughs> Hydrating body spray. And also a free set of Manscaped lip balm. So head to manscaped.com. I'm sorry, you're going to add something? <laughs> Use our coupon I'm code. I'm picturing mouthwash and <laughs> body wash. There is two-in-one mouthwash out there. <laughs> guys, buy it. Use our coupon code Raiders of the Lost at checkout for manscaped.com to get 20% off and free shipping on your order worldwide. For all you fans of movies, there's no better way to express your love than by decking your place out with a bunch of movie posters or to buy one for a friend or family member. The best place to do that, of course, is at movieposters.com. Use our special promo code Raiders10 to get 10% off your order today. Movieposters.com has a gigantic selection of pretty much every film and TV show imaginable in their arsenal, as well as all sorts of sizes, framing, backlighting, whatever your poster needs are, they got you covered. Whatever you want from a Bruce Willis movie poster to a Marvel movie poster to a classic film movie poster to a TV show movie poster, MoviePosters.com has it. Now, again, head on over to MoviePosters.com and use our very special promo code, you know it, Raiders10, to get 10% off your order today. 
All right, now let's head on into our intermission. I'll begin with the movie quote competition. You ready? I'm ready. You are on this council, but we do not grant you the rank of master. <laughs> Revenge of the Sith. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Mace Windu. <laughs> All right, here's mine. It's not fair. <laughs> the things I'm going to do for my country. So this is a character who's about to have sex. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what is it? The things I'm about to do for my country. Oh, what is this? Is it an army? No, it's not an army movie. Um, Man, I'm blanking on it. Triple X. Oh, Triple X? Yeah. <laughs> what a great film. It's just called Triple X a great film. <laughs> Just kidding. We have that on record now. Uh, didn't you hear the sarcasm? It sounded pretty real to me. I That's was not... it, why wasn't it on your top 10 Bruce Willis list? He's not in it. <laughs> if he was in it, then it 100% would be in. All right. Guess this movie release here. Snakes on a Plane. <laughs> 2006, I did the same one. <laughs> no way. Yeah. God damn it. Sometimes I hate being a twin. <laughs> we did that the last... same... We did a week and a half the ago. The same movie release and the same Bruce Willis moment. Both got bacon cheeseburgers with avocado and sweet potato fries. So good. Medium rare. Ridiculous. Sorry, guys. So 2006, Snakes on a Plane. That's the correct answer. I've had it with, with these mother-effing snakes on this mother-effing plane. <laughs> All right. Movie pop quiz time. How many movies are Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson in together? <clears throat> yeah, clear the throat. I'm going to guess... Can you name them? Feature films? Feature films. Two. 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 Yeah. Is that right? Eh. No. Damn. How many is it? Pulp Fiction. Uh-huh. Unbreakable. Oh, Unbreakable. I'm a fucking idiot. Idiot. <laughs> Die Hard 3. And then Loaded Weapon 1. Loaded Weapon 1. So it's a... Uh, like- oh, the comedy? It's the one that stars, the stars Samuel L. Jackson uh-huh. and then Emilio Estevez. And then Bruce Willis has a John McClane cameo in it. Oh, no way. Yeah. Like a building explodes. Oh, he's in his tank top. Yeah, and he's, he's waving at the helicopter. Yeah, like a, yeah, yeah, yeah like, I know what you're talking about. What are you doing? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Man, good. good Got good, him. Good so place. the answer is four. 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 All right. Here's my quiz question. What non-Star Wars movie did Sam Jackson and Hayden Christensen star in together? <laughs> Easy. <laughs> Jumper. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> so arrogant. The classic jumper. I didn't say that. Okay, here's the bonus. Who directed Jumper? How the fuck am I supposed to know? <laughs> I thought it was easy. Just know the movie. Doug Lyman. Uh, He's had a couple duds. Yeah, makes sense. All right, uh, who we got for Hater Unsubscribes? What we got this week, pal? Anything worth bringing up? Did you forget to do it? Uh. <laughs> I got a funny hater. He's making fun of um, haters. So uh, I posted the last Samurai clip talking about Ken Watanabe. 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 But um, in the clip you're saying Watanabe. And then Life of Pi 2 wrote, Your pronunciation at times is a real problem. Unsubscribe. But then uh, a couple people were like, Relax, man. It's it's gonna be okay. Then I was like, oh, he's just trying to be hater of the week. Don't worry about it. He's fine. He's just joking. He's just joking. 
<laughs> That's it for haters. We otherwise had a pretty hate-free week. Nice. Those are the best. Yeah. But we have a great Godfather shout-out today. We have Tiffany. Tiffany! Thank you for becoming a Godfather. You became a Godfather to your patron. We made you an offer you couldn't refuse. Thank you so much. Great fan of the show. We love your support so much. And Tiffany chose the great Italian film, Eight and a Half. Oh, nice. For her bonus review, which we're going to do in a couple of weeks. Federico. Yep, Fellini's masterpiece. And we actually have a huge slot of Godfather patrons. Like, we're, we have 10 to make. So we have 10 episodes to do, and we're doing one a week. So we're, we're, we're trying to catch up. But, like, our fans are so amazing. Becoming Godfather to your patrons has just been so awesome. And we're so grateful to have... Patrons like Tiffany supporting the show. Literally keeping the lights, keeping on. The lights on for the show. Literally. Literally. Appreciate you. Thank, Thank you so you much, Tiffany. Tiffany. You're the best. We have a great five-star review from Hanson, JP. Been listening to these guys for a few months. They are super down-to-earth, but nerd out about movies like myself. The content, film theories, and entertainment these guys provide is way more than my film professor in college. <laughs> <laughs> not like that's difficult to do. <laughs> but nonetheless, can't get enough of this podcast. Sorry, I'm not a Patreon member, but I hope this review works. Keep up the great work, fellas. Hey, Hanson. That's Thank all you we so need. much, pal. Reviews, all, just tuning in is enough for yeah, us. We appreciate, we appreciate you so much. All right, um, on this day in film history, today is April 11th. In 1953, Singing in the Rain came out. In 1997, Anaconda came out. In 2001, Joe Dirt came out. Does your uh, facial hair grow in all white trashy like that? (laughs) In 2003, Anger Management came out. And in 2012, The Avengers came out, which I think they... Didn't it just used to be called Avengers? It was just called... um, Avengers. It was just called Marvel's The Avengers. Yeah, now it's The the Avengers. I think it's because there's four of them. yeah. They changed. So they didn't need to. They changed. Separate. It. But yeah, they came out in 2012. In terms of birthdays, no one I've ever heard of. It's hard to pick a favorite movie in that list. I mean, you might have to go with Anaconda. Honestly, on that list. I mean, Anaconda is a classic. Yeah. Just watching, like you know, Owen Wilson getting eaten by an Anaconda. Anger worth, Management worth is very movie. funny movie. It is funny. Yeah, it is funny. But I mean, Avengers was like so incredible when, when that first came out. That was mind blowing <laughs> to see that. Oh, I'm sorry. Singing in the Rain was 1952. Everybody got that wrong. My bad. I thought it sounded wrong in my head. That's why I double-checked it just now. Thank you for uh, double-checking. Yeah, but yeah. I, I would pick uh, Avengers for that, though, for a favorite movie on the list. Yeah, probably Avengers. I mean, dude, remember when that came out? That We never even imagined that ever happening, that many superheroes in lit. one movie. Yeah. But now we're so like spoiled and used to it. It's the norm that like now it's like, oh, if there aren't 12 heroes in a movie, <laughs> I'm not watching it. <laughs> Wait, you mean this is their, they're the only one in the movie? <laughs> like, just just Spider-Man? Just what? what? Gross. <laughs> <laughs> My streaming recommendation is the film Hannah, which just came out on Netflix for April. This stars Saoirse Ronan as like she's like twelve years old in this movie, and then Eric Bana. She's and, uh, she's seven. <laughs> she's not seven. <laughs> <laughs> she plays like a um, super assassin kind of character, and her father's been super training hu- a superhuman, superhuman, yeah. and her father's been training her for eventually when defending herself, government agents comes gover- to yeah. find her, yeah. and it's it's really awesome. Some great long take action sequences in it. Joel Wright made it. It's really good. Really great director. My streaming recommendation is District Nine, which just came to Amazon Prime. So go check that sci-fi movie out if you have not already. Not gonna lie, streaming platforms have been really good the last like several months of like every month adding like a bunch of new good movies that they've been pretty good. Because yeah. I remember every month would be, change over and be like, there's nothing to watch still, yeah, still nothing. <laughs> still nothing. <laughs> they've been pretty good lately though. Yeah. Let's get it back into our episode on Bruce Willis. Speaking of the Avengers. So if Bruce Willis had come into fame in the mid-2000s, 
2010s, he would have obviously become a superhero. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's just what actors do now. He would have been a villain or something. Yeah, villain or a superhero. What do you think he could have played in a, in the superhero genre? Would mm-hmm. he have played a hero or a villain? And what hero or villain would you know, he, could was, he have played? This is a tough question. I don't. I can't ever see Bruce like doing a villain role very well. So I don't see him being like a Marvel villain or MCU villain or DC villain. He doesn't like. I feel like have that as like an actor. You know, he he can't go to that depth to be that convincing as someone super evil. <laughs> they just give me the dumbest smirk. He's like, yeah, yeah, keep going, Jim. <laughs> Thumbs up, guy. Great analysis. I agree, I agree with you, man. You're right. Bruce is good at everything except being evil. Um, <laughs> he's never really been like a bad, bad guy in a movie, you know? True. So I would go except here. Jackal. Okay, that's one he's, time. Is he good in it? He's great in it. He's actually great in that yeah. movie. <laughs> One time, he's got 140, 142 cre- credits. He's done one bad guy role, and someone else could be typing right now. Actually, he was a villain <laughs> in general. But uh, but also, he did that career wise on purpose to be yeah. the hero. So I would probably pick hero, and I think I would go the thing. Mother, it looks like, like the, the thing. thing. It looks just like the thing. Great pick. I think yeah, the thing yeah. in the Fantastic Four. So I. I have a, uh, I also have a hero character picked, and this I think just in terms of actors, like very few actors look as cool as Bruce Willis shooting a gun and True. just killing bad guys. And very few people can pull off like the bald movie star. Thing, yeah, don't, you know, yeah, yeah. it's only a handful. Yeah, he started the bald action star thing. There were no bald action stars before him. Yeah, then Dwayne Johnson just like went bald on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Statham. Yeah. Jason's like, oh, mate, there's something I'm missing to be a movie star. Just fucking get rid of this He hair. looks weird with hair. <laughs> he doesn't look as good with hair as he does bald. But it's, it all started with Bruce. Action stars all had hair before him. But um, Well, I- actually, uh, <laughs> <laughs> get out of your system. <laughs> Got it out. <laughs> You sure? Yeah. Well, actually, there were three bald movie movie stars in uh, 1987. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, moving on. I picked him to be the Punisher. Oh, that's a good pick. He's great at playing an anti-hero who kills people, but for a good cause. He pulls off action, gun gunfire. He can he can do it all, and very believably. And like he's just he, like he, he's just made for like being an action star, killing bad guys with guns. Because his persona, that's a really great pick, actually. Thank I you. like that better than mine. And well, um, I do too. You're right. You're so- <laughs> Your sucks. <laughs> My idea didn't suck. He looks just like Michael Chiklis, and he's the, he's the, the thing. Yeah, but he's not Michael Chiklis. <laughs> Savagery. But you're you're right. That's a good role because, like, when it comes to superheroes, like you couldn't picture like Bruce Willis in like a a one piece. No like way. A, like, a tight suit or something, or like it just wouldn't suit him. Just give him like a bulletproof vest. You know why? Because he doesn't gun. need it. Yeah. He doesn't need superpowers. Just, he's enough look, as he is. It would just look odd. He's just enough as Bruce Willis because you believe Bruce Willis could do this because he's just awesome. Bruce Willis, like, flying would seem odd and, yeah. like, saying, like, superhero one-liners would just not work yeah, in exactly. my in my brain yeah. for everything as, he built But as career. the Punisher is someone who is just killing every bad guy he sees with no mercy, oh, yeah, he could do that. Cool. Really good pick. Thanks, I'm, man. Not, wow. I'm floored. <laughs> <laughs> that's have a big effect on you, man. I don't know if I can continue. <laughs> well, actually, uh... <laughs> all right. If Bruce Willis, um, if you had to pick Bruce Willis uh, winning an Oscar for any of his movies, 
as an actor, what performance would you give him an Oscar for? Oh, that's a really good yeah. question. So which one would you give him Let an Oscar Let me just for? cruise through his filmography real quick. I'll, so, I'll say mine first. Yeah, do looking. yours. I would give him an Oscar for uh, The Sixth Sense. I think he did an excellent job. He plays a very stoic character in a very minimalist role. So it gets uh, doesn't get as much attention as obviously Haley Joel Osment does or other lead actors. But I think he did a really amazing job in that movie. It's a very understated performance, very nuanced, and he just pulled it off so well. And so I'd say in his entire filmography, go with the Sixth Sense. He's, he's really great in that movie, actually. I'm probably going to go with Ocean's 12. <laughs> How did I not see that coming? I, I mean, who else could play Bruce Willis other than Bruce Willis? He did such a good job playing himself. <laughs> he disappeared into the I, role. I heard he went method. <laughs> the, way, method. the way he talked about the SpongeBob like it. He, he actually like went home as Bruce Willis, slept with his wife as Bruce Willis. <laughs> he made everyone on set call him Bruce Willis. <laughs> really, really, really dove into that role. <laughs> it's about transforming. <laughs> oh my God, that's good. No, that's I'm kidding. Um, if I had to pick for actually to win an Oscar, I would go supporting actor for Pulp Fiction as Butch. Good pick. <laughs> <laughs> or Rugrats Go Wild. <laughs> Anthony's going to spit his water out. <laughs> He's in Rugrats Go Wild. He voices Spike. <laughs> you didn't know that? the dog? You didn't know that? No. Everybody knew that. <laughs> Oscar snub. Oh, man. Uh, that's <laughs> funny. That's funny. Whew, okay. Right. You good? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Next up, define. <laughs> I just spit my water out. <laughs> All right, giggles tonight. <laughs> Compose yourself, right, Van Dam. Van Dam. Okay, define Bruce Willis with three words: cool, cigarettes, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> In the most flattering way possible. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. It sounds like you just described John McClane. <laughs> Dude, Bruce Willis plays Bruce Willis a lot. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I picked uh, confident, tough, and charming. You got to throw the charisma in there. He's yeah, very, he's he's a charming very, guy. He's, he's very, very charismatic. Charming. He is. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> if Bruce Willis was not an actor, he never made it as an actor, what job would you picture him in? Zamboni driver. <laughs> Zamboni driver. Tell me, how did he get to becoming a Zamboni driver? He just seems like kind of like a small town guy. Like maybe his son was on the hockey team and he just like helped out while his son played. But then his son like, you know, graduated, stopped playing hockey. But he just loved the rink so much that <laughs> that he couldn't leave the rink. You know, he brought so much joy. That he went on full time to be the Zamboni driver. Sounds like a movie. <laughs> uh, Zamboni driver. I was not expecting that. That was good. That was good. All right. <clears throat> picture it. You know, you can't. I, I picture him as a used car salesman. I feel like he would have his own lot in some like in Missouri in some Midwest town, and he'd do pretty well for himself. Not too well, but pretty well for himself. He'd be on his like third marriage, 
and also be cheating on his wife <laughs> with a 24-year-old who works for him. So that's how I picture Bruce Willis's life working out if he wasn't an actor. Actually, can I add another one? Yeah. A cool youth pastor. <laughs> Why? Just like he seems like he could be like cool, super cool but hip but like a priest at the same time. I'm not a normal priest. I'm, I'm a, a cool, cool priest. priest. <laughs> I like Zamboni driver. Yeah, Zamboni driver is better. <laughs> okay. All right, next up. <clears throat> I want you to pitch me a Bruce Willis movie. All right. Hold on. I'm going to compose myself here. <laughs> All right. I'm going to try to get through this. It's, okay. It's not the Zamboni story, is it? No, no, no. But it's, it's, it's connected. <laughs> All right. Bruce Willis stars as Mark Schlemansky. <laughs> A local high school hockey coach who also moonlights as an assassin. <laughs> Whenever the team travels, someone dies. <laughs> Whenever the team travels, someone dies. He always picks his hit at the uh, away games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> Smart. Then he freezes the bodies in the ice. <laughs> then he cleans the ice with a Zamboni. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing that, like, all of his hits, they work out with the traveling of the team. There's a lot of people that need to get killed. <laughs> You'd be surprised. <laughs> oh, my God. Mark Schlemansky. Mark Schlemansky. Schlemansky. Great. Great great movie. Thanks. I can't wait to see that. What's it called? Mark Schlemansky. <laughs> <laughs> Don't set off Schlemansky. Freezing point. <laughs> Slap shot. <laughs> Freeze. I like freezing point. Right. <laughs> oh, great job. <laughs> All right. Do you want to run through his filmography for a little bit? What about your movie pitch? Oh, my movie pitch. Hold on. Yeah, man. Come on. Quit skipping. Got it. A mob enforcer has 24 hours to track down a case of money that was stolen by rival criminals before the boss kills him for punishment. Nice. I went serious. I like how serious all your answers were and how ridiculous mine are. (laughs) It's like it shows our personalities. (laughs) Still think Mark Schlemansky was cooler. (laughs) It's way cooler. I want to see this movie. I need to see Mark Schlemansky's movie. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Freezing point six. (laughs) Here we go again. (laughs) Who left the fridge open? (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Sweating, laughing too much. I think I got it all in my system, though. <laughs> it was, it's been a funny episode so far. It's been very funny. All right. Um, what were you saying? Before? Actually, can I? how about we run through his most successful films? Let's do it. Box office-wise. Let's so hear it. I have from most the highest grossing to lowest grossing will go to like the top 15. So mm-hmm. The Sixth Sense made $673 million worldwide. Armageddon pulled $554 million. Live Free or Die Hard pulled $384 million. G.I. Joe, Retaliation. Yes, he was in that. Retaliation. <laughs> retaliation. G.I. Joe. Mark Schlemansky. is <laughs> G.I. Joe. $376 G.I. Schlemansky. <laughs> Die Hard with a Vengeance, $366 million. Ocean's 12, $363 million. And the Expendables 2, $312 million. Wow, that made so much money. Oh, yeah. A Good Day to Die Hard, $305 million. Man, that franchise was guaranteed to pull three. The Expendables, the original, $275 million. The Fifth Element, $264 million. Charlie's Angels, Full Throttle, $259 million. Unbreakable, $248 million. Die Hard 2, $240 million. 
Pulp Fiction, $214 million, and then Red at number 15 made $119 million. That's a lot of cheddar. Lots of cheddar. But no even superheroes. Like, even oh, Looper, actually, yeah, Looper made 117 12 Monkeys made 170 The Jackal made 160 Sin City made 160 So this guy is a guaranteed box office juggernaut. And the original Die Hard is number 22 in his filmography at $141 million. But adjust for inflation, I mean, that's the 80s. So it's still, it, oh, yeah, it, yeah, goes, it moves up a few slots. All right, so sure. he's, that's probably at like 500 mil then. Yeah. Uh, not 500, it's probably 300 mil. Here, I can Google it. Yeah, Google. Yeah. What's uh? I would guess it's, what was it? What was his return again? 140? 141. I would say that's about 310 million. Yeah. Well, right now. Here, what are you going to talk about next now? I, I think we should. Bet MGM is pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences. Register using code CAPITAL200 and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 money line wager on any Major League Baseball game and either team hits a home run, regardless of your bet's outcome. Enjoy baseball like never before with Bet MGM's daily promotions at your fingertips all season long. Sign up today and find out why nothing beats a win at the King of Sportsbooks. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We open inside a vast lair. A Nissan Rogue speeds toward a gigantic door, closing fast. Our hero says, I know this seems like your typical narrow escape, but it's not. This is a Nissan sales event ad. The doors inch closer. Will she make it? Determined, she grips the wheel and hits the gas. The turbocharged Rogue squeezes through just as the giant doors clang shut. There's no escaping summer savings during the Nissan Summer Event. Now get 1.9% financing for 36 months on the 2022 Nissan Altima. Availability is limited, so contact your local dealer for inventory information and shop NissanUSA.com. Hurry before these offers get away. For well-qualified buyers, 1.9% APR financing for 36 months on new 2022 Altima and dealer stock. Example, 36 months financing at $28.60 per month per thousand financed. Actual down payment may vary. Subject to in-mac credit approval and residency restrictions. Dealer contribution may affect price set by dealer. Dealer sets actual price. Contact dealer for details. N7522. I want to talk about some of his most underrated movies. Oh, yeah. Because he's got a few really good underrated movies in roles. In The Jackal that you just mentioned is definitely one of those. It's not like a, the best movie ever, but the, the Jackal, he plays uh, a, an assassin and Richard Gere is an agent on trying to track down the, the Jackal. But uh, Bruce Willis is actually awesome as the villain. It, it, like you said, it's, his, it's probably his only major villain role, but he kills it literally. And what's cool is the Jackal, he always he's a master of disguise, you know, being bald, Helps with that. Because <laughs> he's always wearing wigs and he's got different styles of clothing. and But he also, his mannerisms change too. So it's a really great role. And there's it. But my, the best part about the, of the movie is the Jack Black scene where he's, uh, he hired Jack Black, who's like some arms dealer, to, to, to build this like mechanical sniper, sniper rifle, rifle yeah. that he's going to use and he puts it in a van to kill someone. And then he tests it out on Jack Black's character. This is a very early Jack Black role. And he's like, he tells them to go out and we'll, we'll test it out. And then he has him hold out a pack of cigarettes and he's going to shoot the pack of cigarettes. And if, if Jack Black runs, he's going to shoot him and kill him. 
and these Jack Blacks just like shaking, hold, holding the pack of cigarettes out. And then he shoots the not the rifle, and it, the measurements off, and it just takes his whole arm off. Yeah. It's crazy, unbelievable. But it, it's a really good movie. I like it a lot. It's pretty yeah. cool. I remember we saw it when we were young. I yeah. think we watched it with mom Very or young. something. Or probably like, our brothers. It was just on TV. And we probably shouldn't have been watching, but we mm-hmm. saw it and it was really cool. I liked it a lot. Yeah. And uh, so adjusted for inflation, Die Hard would have made three hundred sixty million dollars today. Oh, damn. Which is a lot yeah. of cheddar cheese. Very successful. That's super successful. But yeah, I agree. I think The Jackal is a very underrated movie. If you guys haven't checked it out, tune into it. And I, I think that the the Fifth Element is very underrated too. I think it's so much fun. It's so cool. You know, him and Chris Tucker, uh, Mila Jovovich, great fight sequences, great visual effects for the time, the costume production design. Gary Oldman is iconic. Uh, it, it just like disturbing. It's just so weird. I remember being like, when I was a kid watching The Fifth Element, being like scared of it and weirded out by it but like loving it and it's so funny and goofy and it looks so cool but like I, it was just like so many emotions when i would watch the fifth element but it was just like i loved it and such a creative film this just fantastical concept of this cab driver he like wins a contest right or, or he unwillingly becomes the central figure in the search mm-hmm. for yeah. um that he, that he wins cosmic a ticket on the ship. yeah he wins a ticket on yeah. the ship and he just fights for good and he has to stop um Mr. Zorg is that Zorg Zorg is that Gary Oldman's characters from getting the 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 weapon the elements and it's really cool and the visuals are awesome and it's just it's as unique as Star Wars that's why it's so it is very interesting and I haven't seen it in so long I want to watch it though ASAP and then another very underrated one is um, Hostage so this is a hostage situation movie there's actually like a trend of hostage movies and Sam L's in a good one too Sam L's in a good one with with Kevin Spacey I can't remember what it's called but um and this one. Um, three, three troubled tr- team uh, teenagers are holding a family hostage in their home, and then Bruce Willis is the hostage negotiator, and it's very dark and brutal and very very original, great script. And Ben Foster plays the main villain when he's he's like seventeen years old. Um, oh yeah, that's right, the fire and yeah, everything, yeah. and he's terrifying. He's like so good in it, and, and I think it's just a solid crime movie. I think it's really really good, very underrated. And Bruce does a great job in it. I think another really underrated Bruce Willis movie is 16 Blocks. Yes. It's not a perfect movie, but I think it's really entertaining. It co-stars Mos Def, and it's about Mos Def's character. He plays a witness who saw um, crimes committed by police officers. He's I testifying think I think they were murders yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And so he's testifying that day, like Anthony said, and Bruce Willis's character, he's a cop like he almost is in every movie. He has to <laughs> – isn't he a cop in, in – um, the Fifth Element or a former cop? He's a cab driver. No, but he used to be a cop, I think. Maybe. He's pretty good with the gun. He is I haven't seen good. it in a while. I'm pretty sure he used to be a cop. Possibly, yeah. And um, <clears throat> he has to transport most Dev's character to the courthouse, but they're being attacked and followed and chased by armed men to try to take most Dev's character out. It's great. It's an awesome movie. I think they did a good job with it. It's not Like you said, it's not perfect, but it's a fun like B action movie like you mm-hmm. you get what you pay for like you, you you it meets your expectations it doesn't have to like blow you away but it's just entertaining and then I, for underrated movies yeah that's about it for under- I don't know I got a couple more okay what we got I like lucky number 11 yeah you yeah I remember it's yeah. got a lot of like it's like Cupid it's at, the, at the same time yeah. it's a great action movie has yeah. an excellent twist at the end of it and I think it's just a really good time entertaining 
Josh Hartnett was like kind of on that realm of being a. He could have been a huge movie star, but I think he just backed away from the limelight. I don't know if it was for him. He, I don't think he had it as a movie star. I think he might have had it. He doesn't have the. He didn't have the talent. He's coming no, back though. No offense, Josh Hartnett to Hart, Josh Hartnett. I just he's not like leading actor caliber actor. I thought he just left the spotlight because he wasn't into it. But he's really he's good. He's he's perfect in this movie. Bruce is awesome in it as well. He plays a hitman like he does in a lot of movies. And I think Lucky Number Seven Seven's a good time. I've had a huge childhood crush on Lucy Lou since I was a little kid, yeah. so I loved her in that as well. And I mean, the cast is stacked. Morgan Freeman as well, Ben Kingsley, Stanley Tucci. The, the cast is absurd. So it's a good time. Um, who else is in this movie? A bunch of people that yeah, you recognize. Yeah. Tears of the Sun is another good underrated one uh, directed by Antoine Fuqua. It's a, a movie about a, a group of Navy SEALs who are rescuing um, people from a situation. I can't remember this specifically, but it is very well done. He plays the leader of the group of Navy SEALs. So it's just a good um, small action war movie. Death Becomes Her is a pretty good movie. Uh, came from, directed by Robert Zemeckis, 1992, co-stars Bruce Willis, Mel Streep, and Goldie Hawn. Um, there's like a little bit of like magic involved and it's just like fun, like campy humor. It's pretty Isn't solid. Isn't Jack in that movie? Jack Nicholson? Yeah. I can't remember. I haven't seen it in so long. Yeah, I can't. I'm trying to remember. But I just remember it's a pretty solid movie. It's a good time. It's yeah. entertaining. But obviously we can't not talk about Armageddon. Oh, yeah. It came out in 1998. This movie was a huge hit. Put him on the... He's still on the map, but just like this is like cemented him as superstardom. You know, Armageddon yeah. was a huge, huge success. Cast was really good. Ben Affleck became super famous off this as well. He had a huge 90s, but then, you know, he started going down that path of just like kind of crappy roles, pretty action decent, movies, act, yeah. crappy action movies versus his boy Matt doing like Oscar caliber. He was films. doing talented Mr. Ripley and yeah. Born yeah, while, so, while Ben was like falling down. Different paths, yeah. but, you know, the, unfortunately for Ben, you know, this isn't an episode on Ben, but, you know, that caused Hollywood to think he's just like, oh, Matt Damon's a dumb friend. He just, yeah. he's just a yeah. face. That's all he is. He was getting paid, but I mean, it, he's obviously proven himself to be a great artist now, but different career choice. Yeah. But Armageddon is a classic, you know. Uh, the 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 soundtrack, Aerosmith, the the final the ending, Steve Buscemi, Animal Crackers, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Buscemi firing machine guns on an asteroid. It's crazy. Yeah, it's and it's also ridiculous to think that like it's it's easier to train a group of oil riggers to become astronauts than it is to become to than it is to train astronauts to drill a hole. Didn't, we posted a clip about that because Ben yeah. Affleck said that on site. He's like, yeah. so the director's like, isn't it? Wouldn't it be better just train astronauts? Yeah. They're like, shut the up, Ben. You're, <laughs> yeah. you're too smart to be here. You're just, an actor. Just look pretty just, over there. Just act. Just say your damn lines. <laughs> no one gives a. Yeah, yeah Armageddon was iconic, and we actually just got the uh, album a fan sent to us. And yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, um, a vintage album of Armageddon, the original, uh, and CD. And then Red in 2010. That's a pretty solid action flick. Yeah, Helen Mirren. Um, Morgan Freeman, Mary Louise Parker, yeah. uh, solid. Planet Terror, that's a good time. Roger Robert Rodriguez movie, yeah. which was paired with it's Tarantino's, um, what's it called? Death Proof as yeah, a double feature. The, yeah, the Grindhouse double And feature. Die Hard 2, it's not terrible. It's just not even not really close to Die Hard 3 or You know what, Live Free and Die Hard is actually pretty, pretty decent. Good. Pretty it's decent. pretty good. Except for when he, he drives the helicopter into the, I mean, the tr car into the helicopter. Yeah, he drives a truck, no, into like a, a taxi onto, cab. He, onto a jet. I thought he, he he rides like a, a he drives a taxi cab. He rolls out. It hits like a ramp and flies into a helicopter. A jet. Are you sure it's yeah, a jet? It's a jet. They went big with that one. But Timothy Oliphant's the villain, and J and Justin Long is good comic relief in that. That's it, true. It, it has good aspects to it's it. Got it, good it, moments. it definitely does. It, it worked. I mean, people liked it. But the 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 last 
Die Hard was just nah, no, no bueno. Yeah, but um, you got any like anything else to talk about with Bruce? No, I mean, I I just love the guy. He's always been one of my favorite actors ever since I was a little kid, and he's he's such an iconic legend of cinema. Uh, he's one of the greatest action stars of all time, and it's 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 sad what's happened to him. He had a great career, and I'm sure he's lived a, a very great life. And I hope he enjoys the rest of his time with his family and loved ones. Um, but he gave us a huge catalog of films to enjoy forever. That that wraps the legendary career of Bruce Willis, who's an icon in Hollywood. He will always will be some, made some of the best movies of all time, an action star. Hope him the best in his later years in life, wishing him better health. And we're just grateful for his impact on film. We love you, Bruce. Take care, everybody. Thanks for tuning into this episode on Bruce Willis's career. Take care. Raiders of the Lost Podcast is a Mirror Image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson. Mama is treating me to breakfast. Yep, let me see your phone. Huh? Look here. I download this McDonald's app because when you buy any bagel sandwich like the steak, egg, and cheese bagel, you get one free. Wait, you just bought that on my phone. That's right. Now that you got McDonald's money, you could treat Mama. <laughs> okay, Ma, you got it. Valid for product of equal or lesser value. Valid through 10 22 at participating McDonald's. Valid one time per day. App download and registration required.